Dum in medio silencio tenata omnia. When all things were in quiet silence, and the night was in the midst of her course, thine almighty word, O Lord, leaped down from heaven from thy royal throne. The intuit makes mention of this time of night, which was the ancient understanding of the moment of our Lord's birth in the middle of that night. And even more specifically, on a Sunday. Which gives some explanation, or all the explanation that's necessary, for this looking forward on what would be um, prayers that might have been on the octave day, or now, the Sunday, after Christmas, towards, towards future events. The liturgy isn't f- focused solely on the moment of our Lord's birth, but is already looking 40 days down the road at our Lord's being purified in the temple, Simeon and Anna having been promised that they would witness the birth of the Savior. Granted, their feast day and, and that event have their own day, but, but the gospel takes us already to that moment. In our mind, then, we're, we're still playing out our, our timeline while allowing the liturgy to take us from one moment and one place to another. Right? The holy name will be given on the octave day, on the day of circumcision. But purification still remains for the mother and the firstborn son. The Orthodox traditions claim that Simeon had been one of the translators of the Septuagint, and that when he was translating Isaiah, that a virgin shall give birth to a son, when he was tempted to translate virgin as maiden, an angel appeared to him and told him that, no, in fact, he would witness the birth of a son to a virgin, and this would be the Messiah. If those Orthodox traditions are true, that means Simeon is over 200 years old. Anna, in her own right, is described with the years 84 being specific and seven years um, after being a widow. Was it, and there are then traditions that these are 84 years of um, marriage or 84 years of age. She's, in, she's a senior woman, regardless of whether she's 84 or over 100 years. More importantly, they are described to us as people of extraordinary prayer. And people who pray with that Devotion are people of great faith and great love. These are not people who are just simply insistent or willful, let alone belligerent. 
These are people who submit themselves to the will of God and trust and hope. So beautifully then, every evening, or in the newer liturgy, in Compline, the Canticle of Simeon is the Christian's proclamation of gratitude that we have seen God's promises fulfilled, that the light has shone on the darkness. It's part of Vespers in the Orthodox liturgies still. But even more perfectly, we allow this this prayer that marks the beginning of our Lord's earthly life to conclude our day. Because we are always already looking forward, not just a few weeks down the road, but every night we look forward to the resurrection of Christ and new life. And one day, we hope, waking up to eternal life. With Saint Simeon, then we pray, Lord, now you let your servant go in peace, noctimitis. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of your people, a light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people, Israel. The presence of Christ in the world is already the event of salvation because we see in Christ God and man reconciled. The divine will and the human will in perfect union. We already see what eternal life will be for us in heaven. How much more so should we rejoice when we understand this looking back at those first moments upon which mysteries the shepherds and the prophet and the prophetess knew they were witnessing the work of God but could not have imagined what in fact they beheld. In the Middle Ages, Adam of St. Victor and a sequence, a prayer that is part of Vespers for this Sunday in the octave of Christmas. Dom Garage describes it as one of the most mystical of all that are to be found in the missiles of the Middle Ages. And he prays. He that is the brightness of the Father and his figure, taking to himself the likeness and nature of man, gave fruitfulness to the virgin who became mother, not by nature, but by his divine power. The old Adam is at length made glad and may sing a new canticle. And he that was a fugitive and captive may now come before the world. Eve brought forth sadness to mankind, Mary, The glad virgin brought forth the fruit of life. Neither did she thereby lose the treasure of virginity. Hold a dew-wet crystal up to the sun. The spark glitters through, yet breaks not the crystal. 
So in the birth of Jesus, it injured not of the mother's purity. Law and nature stood wondering at that divine birth, and reason was confounded. Yea, the birth of Christ is an ineffable mystery, so full of love and so humble. Aaron's sapless branch yields leaf and flower and almond. So does the chaste virgin, her child, the Son of God. Gideon's fleece bears the dew from heaven. The creature bears the creature's ransom, the Creator. The leaf and flower, the almond and the dew, are mystic emblems of our Savior's love. Jesus is the leaf that shades us, the sweet flower that regales us, the almond nut that feeds us, the dew that waters us with heavenly grace. Why is it that the virgin's delivery should be a stumbling block to the Jews? Have they forgotten the dry branch of Aaron, how it bore the almonds? Let us once more contemplate the almond nut, for viewed in its true light, it is the mystic emblem of him that is the light. It unites in itself three things, and all three it gives to man, unction, light, and food. Jesus is the almond nut. The rind is the cross and passion he endured in the flesh. The shell is his body, his flesh and bones. The divinity and the sweetness of Jesus, which are sheathed within the flesh, are figured by the kernel. Jesus is light to the blind and unction to the sick and soothing to holy souls. Oh, how sweet a sacrament. He changes his flesh that lies as hay in the manger into the wheat of the elect. Give us, O Jesus, whom thou now feedest with thyself under the sacramental veils, to be satiated with the sight of thy holy face in heaven. O brightness of the Father, co-eternal with him, take us hence to the joys of thy Father's glory. And we pray, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.